0: Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter. Here we are making good progress through the book of Joshua here, looking at Joshua chapter 10 today. And man, what a chapter. Um, this is, you know, we were, we were talking about this um, the other day that, you know, hey, there's only like, you know, 20 some chapters in this book, not the longest book, right? Uh, but these are long chapters, and this is an example of that. 43 verses, very action-packed. There's lots of destruction and conquest going on uh, with Joshua in the middle of it all. Um, there's there's executions. There's uh, some kind of a miracle. I mean, at least it's described in miraculous terms. It says here, the sun stood still and the moon stopped. What's going on? You know, like, uh, is that referring to some kind of... Um, you know, astronomical phenomenon, like what is, so we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, but what you see through it all is that God is making good on his promise. He is with Joshua everywhere that he goes giving victory because that's what he promised to do. He promised to give his people Rest, and so that's exactly what God, what God's doing. He's He's doing that for His people. So we're looking at Joshua 10 today, and we're joined by one of our regular guests here. We got Pastor John Lukumski, pastor from Southern Illinois, also the host of Wrestling with the Basics, or one of our two hosts. It's kind of a buddy show. You should check yep. it out sometime if Matt you Clark. haven't.
1: Matt Clark. That's You're right. Me.
0: Yep. With, with Pastor Clark, and that's uh, 9 a.m. Saturdays Central Time. Good morning. Good. Welcome back, brother. Good to have you with us.
1: Yes. And and this is this is a passage that makes my father-in-law scratch his head because it is a <laughs> passage of unbelievable destruction, and, and well, we'll deal with that. That comes right up in the very first verse. Uh, and, and I always, you know, we, we've been talking about the fact that Joshua and Jesus, it's the same name, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yahweh saves. And yet I'm thinking... I'm probably going to run to Jesus (laughs) because if this is how Joshua saves, I don't know if I want him saving me. Uh, Although it does point out, you know, when God made this promise, it was going to give these people uh, the land. uh, Do you fully comprehend what that involves and what that means is going to happen?
0: Yeah. Because it means there's going to
1: be a lot of death and there's going to be a lot of destruction. And maybe we didn't realize that, but if, if you're going to get the land, um, that's that's what it's going to involve um, that's right yeah well and,
0: and you know I mean and for us anyway it's kind of interesting because we just came off of Isaiah right yeah. and so yeah. Isaiah I mean now there's a book of destruction here I mean there's the destruction yes. that's wrought by the Assyrians and then there's the and then you know the angel of the Lord comes and slays thousands of Assyrians like overnight right So lots of death and destruction and then there's the Babylonians right and then, and then the Babylonians then in turn yes. exactly. Yeah, so, um, so I mean, lots of this, and we see this again and again. This is how God saves. I mean, He's called, you know, Yahweh Sabaoth, the you know, the Lord of Armies for a reason. It's because He is actually the one, in a sense, kind of pulling the strings behind all the armies of the world. I mean, He's really the general, the the, the commander of every force that exists in this world, um, and He is the one who's working salvation and creation and redemption. Through all of this crazy calamity that we're seeing with our eyes here, so I mean it's it's what you have here in joshua it it's not really necessarily surprising um, when you look at the context of scripture, but as you were saying though i mean it's it's hard to read sometimes looking at this when it just seems so brutal that that this is how God would work
1: exactly exactly
0: well, <clears throat> we do have. Uh, like we were saying, a little bit of a longer chapter, we should go ahead and get into it and, and read a decent little chunk, I think. As we do, would you open us up as always with a prayer for us and for everyone listening today?
1: Oh, Lord, particularly there are some of your words that do leave us like my father-in-law scratching our head. How could a God of mercy bring about such wrath and destruction? And yet somehow, oh, Lord, open our hearts and minds by your spirit that we can see that even this story of death and destruction is actually a story of your mercy and salvation. Uh, and how this is not just a story of people in the past, but it is our story that many of us will be experiencing perhaps even this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I know you want to read, uh, but could we just take the first verse, just the first verse, and then you then, then can go on from there as far as you want. But there's a phrase in the first verse that we're going to hear over and over and over again, so we might as well get it out of the way, and then we won't need to talk about it later.
0: Is that okay? All right. So, so, sounds good. Before we read verse one, is there anything that you want to s- kind of set the scene with for us here with regards to like chapter nine before it or anything else in the context? No,
1: no I think we should just go right, right into this. Yeah. No.
0: Sounds All right. right, right sounds good. It, yeah. All right. Here, here's verse one. As soon as Adonai king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and devoted it to destruction, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. All
1: right, let's just stop there. Oh, yes. no, go ahead. Go ahead read the next verse. Yeah, maybe the next well, verse is good too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, we can yeah, it's kind of in the middle of a breath, right? Yeah. So, yeah. As soon as, you know, all this, <clears throat> he feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than I, and all its men were warriors. So so here's the thing.
1: First verse sets up the whole situation for us. Uh, So what we've got is we've got Joshua taking care of I and devoting it to destruction. And and correct my pronunciation on the Hebrew word there. Is it it harem? How do you pronounce that?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How Uh, that's pronounced in in Hebrew.
1: H A R E M is how it would be um converted to well a- anyway that that's the word Harem, harem, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, actually. yeah, I think
0: it's it'd be something like kind of like harim, something Har- like ha- that.
1: Oh say that again. I love the way you say that. <laughs>
0: harim. <laughs> harim.
1: Okay. But but the thing is is people need to know it. It doesn't actually it's it's not three words, it's not devoted to destruction, it's one word, and the word means to devote something, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean there has to be destruction. It simply means whatever it is, it's given to somebody and nobody else can use it. Uh, it's yeah. actually used in the context of things that God gave to the leader. And nobody else was supposed to use that stuff. It belonged to the Levites. It was devoted to the Levites. Now, the thing is, if you devote something to the Lord and nobody else can use it, it probably means it's going to be destroyed, right? Right. Because if you don't destroy it, then somebody else is going to use it. And that's well,
0: the whole Like a whole burnt offering, right? Like you, you burn the whole thing so it's holy for God and no one else gets to eat it.
1: That's exactly the point. That's what it means to devote it to the Lord. Nobody else is going to get to use it but God. Right. And, and there's no doubt. I mean, I'm not... They want to say devoted to destruction They can say that Because that's obviously what we're talking about In the city of Ai Everything is destroyed There is nothing No one's taken off captive We don't take any prisoners We don't take any slaves We don't take any booty No, it's just all devoted to the Lord But I think it's important to understand the, the sense of destruction doesn't necessarily have to be there <laughs> Okay mm-hmm. The reason there is a sense of destruction is, As described in the next verse Is because I would not make peace with Israel Alright God did not want to destroy these people If they would make peace then things would be all right, but of course, they do not make peace, and then there's no other choice. Then they need to be devoted. Right. Uh, uh, if you won't right. make peace, then you need to be devoted, and it tickles me because now this, this guy we're talking about, the king of Jerusalem, has a decision to make, and to me, it's really pretty clear. You, you got these people, the, the Gibeans, they have made peace, shalom, I'm assuming the word there in the Hebrew, I actually didn't look that up, but I'm pretty sure it's shalom, and, and they're okay. They're all right. Yeah, the city of I did not make peace, and they were destroyed. Now I'm thinking, AJ, what would be the smart decision here? <laughs> right? What would be the logical right. call? I think we'll yeah. do what the Gibeons do, but we're going to yeah. see the stubbornness of man's heart, because man's heart is evil from its youth, and despite how clear it is, these people are going to choose to fight against the lord that is not Mm -hmm. a smart move to make
0: (laughs) okay yes yeah no no no. that's that's true yeah no um yeah lots of good points there yeah you're right the uh the word that's there is the word for peace it's not the the noun form it's actually the the verb form is it of of the word for peace yeah um it's kind of interesting that that depending on the the particular conjugation of that verb it can may, mean anything from make peace to repay or have vengeance on someone uh, which is which is interesting because it kind of is to your point about this uh, harim thing because the the point of the word is is peace, right yes. but sometimes how do you establish peace? how do you establish equilibrium right How do you reestablish order? Well, sometimes you have to take vengeance out on the person who's disrupting the system and creating chaos. And the only way that there's going to be shalom, right, is if you get rid of that guy. So he s- knocks it off, right? So, but but that's not the focus or the, or the center of the meaning. So similarly, I like I like the way you're putting it with Harim, that uh, the the focus is devotion, right? And yes. of course the yes the preferable way would be as if everyone would just you know join themselves to Israel and join the people of God, and they would all just be devoted be to God, fine. right? Yes. that would be that would be the preferable way. But but you know there's you know, God's like, well, there's the easy way or the hard way. And when you say you want the hard way, well, fine. You know, I got, you know, it, it's not what God wants to do. It's not the center of the idea here. But you get this devotion to destruction just because of um, the hardness of man's hearts and just how, I mean, the, the, the people that they're knocking out of the land here, they they, they aren't exactly um, how to how to put this like peace, loving, gentle no. folk, you know, no. I mean, uh there's a lot of blood thirstiness, both in terms of appetite for war and also, um, human sacrifice even. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, unfortunately you just, you find these terrible situations where you, you, you have to fight a war to have peace. And, um, it's not what you want to do, but it's what God does. Um, because he's, he, he doesn't know any limits to how he's going to protect his people. And, um, and protect them against uh, their enemies.
1: Yeah, and, and actually, that's actually spelled out in in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, right. God is very, very clear. This is why we're doing this devotion to destruction of this harem. Uh, it's not because I want to do that. In fact, the promise to Abraham was, you will be a blessing to many nations. Right. I, I Don't intend it just to be Israelites. I want this for everybody. But on the other hand, if you are going to kill my people, you better believe you're not going to get away with that. I will not allow that that to happen okay, okay. yeah that's exactly. that's the point and then the point is and it's very important that in these opening verses it doesn't have to be this way What what is described here in these in these in this chapter this just massive destruction and people putting their feet on people's necks and executions it is not what god wants but if you are going to harm god's people he will not allow them to be harmed. And what a great promise and comfort that is to us, because we got enemies out there, powerful and great enemies. And, and, and you read this, and you read the Psalms. This comes up in the Psalms over and over again. Right? No, 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 no. The the Lord is not going to let your enemies prevail over you. Okay. Uh, that's Absolutely. just not going to happen. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. Well, we, we got a... Um that was that was I think very helpful to kind of stop and just you know, as you were saying, kind of like you know deal with that that phrase that big idea, so we can kind of go on reading the rest of it uh in the right context, your right frame of mind. We are gonna have to go, I think through verse fifteen though, to stay on target, That's and I know fine. that it it That's seems fine. it seems like a brutal pace to just go that fast, but we've got we've got a long chapter here, so everybody hang on, here we go. we're picking it up at verse three then. We just read how the the king of Jerusalem, and, and you gotta stop and remember, like you know, Jerusalem was not ruled by Israelites yet, right? This is uh, yeah, right now striking. some foreign yes. king, right, right. And so he he hears what happened to to Jericho, um, and he was like, "Hang on a second, that I don't want that to happen to me." He hears how the the Gibeonites how they make peace with um Israel, and he's like, "Hmm, that sounds like it might be a good idea." So, <clears throat> so here he goes then, verse three. So adoni king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, to Piram, king of Jarmuth, to Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debir, the king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us strike Gibeon, for it's made peace with Joshua and with the people of Israel. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, gathered their forces and went up with their armies and encamped against Gibeon and made war against it.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you. I'm ah! sorry. No, no, it'll be real quick. It'll be real quick. See, <laughs> see, here's the point. What does Jesus say? The world hates you. Well, then the world hated me, right? Oh, right. yeah. So they're going after Gibeon because Gibeon has made peace with Israel. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
0: Yeah, I know that, 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 that's true. You would have, you would have hoped that he would have been like, Hey, that's a good idea. We, we should do that too. But yeah. he's like, those guys, you know, not, not, you know, fighting to the last man. And so they just, right. Yeah, you know, I know this is what, this is what happens to the peacemakers, right? That's right. going to
1: happen to us too.
0: Yep. Yep. That's right. All right. All right. Verse six and the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp in Gilgal saying, do not relax your hand from your servants, come up to us quickly and save us and help us for all the Kings of the Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon and chased them by way of the ascent of Beth Haran, and struck them as far as Azekah and Madah, and as they fled before Israel while they were going down the ascent of Bethoran, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword.
1: No, we got to stop that, there. We got to, I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'm okay, sorry. briefly, briefly. Do. Okay, well, we'll just, because there's the point. So if you throw yourself in, if you have peace with, with God and God's people, you're going to have enemies, you're going to have problems. That's no guarantee that your life will be happy, there'll be problems. True. But guess what? When you've got problems, who comes to your rescue? right? The Lord comes to your rescue too. And what I really love about these verses is, who's doing the destruction here? It's not the, the, the armed men of Israel. No, no, it was the Lord who threw down great stones from heaven as far as Ezekiel and they died. More than whatever the men of Israel did, because that's the point. What's going on here is not the work of some nation called Israel. This is the work of God defending his people and that peace, that protection, that deliverance extends to all who belong to the Lord. Okay.
0: Uh, that's right. And, and striking too, right? That it's, um, striking, um, <laughs> the tailstones, right? Yes. Which is like, you know, the, the, so God's, you know, the one, the one who's on your side, the one who controls the weather, one of the same plagues that he used to strike Egypt to free exactly. his people, right? Exactly, so repetitions, yeah. sir, right? <laughs> He's
1: the one in control of everything. Yeah. Nature exactly. itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Picking it up at verse 12. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Aijalon." And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. All right. So a little a little bit of poetry in there, right? Yes. I mean, and like and yeah. he says, he's quoting from the book of jashar right which we don't even know what that what is what is that yes yeah. right you know so i, I mean lost there my there copy. are these
1: do you have your copy
0: yeah i, know, I, <laughs> I don't the, know it's not the only place like there's there's like there's like there's like at least a couple other books you know there's a different couple different books of kings that we don't yes, have chronicles and, of the kings yeah we and then there's yeah, one that's like that? called something like the chronicles of the war of yahweh or something yep, like that yep. like that's another one that we you know just don't just don't have i mean i mean i i'm actually kind of grateful for those moments cuz it's just Sometimes it's just kind of a reminder for us to be humble and say, "Hey, guys, like God's not telling us everything; He's telling us enough of what we need to know, right? But we should well, be and, humble and enough and what to a acknowledge that we, we have don't...
1: these books, right? Why, yeah, how, exactly. How could we have all oh, these? That's amazing that these, but yes. there's very little of the other liturgy of that that time that we have. That's right. You know, that's yeah, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. So, so yeah, so you do have this this quotation, you know, um, apparently from the Book of Jashar, And it's this, I mean, something remarkable happened, right? It says here, literally, the sun stood still and the moon stopped. I mean, it it is poetic verse. So, you know, maybe take that for what it's worth. But so, I mean, what does it seem like happened here?
1: Well, and of course, that's the two things. Is uh, is it poetic? Is this some kind of symbolic, allegorical kind of thing? Uh, I, I don't do whatever you want with it. I don't care one way or the other. Uh, I think it's it's literal. Why would we even bring it up unless he actually did stop time so the battle could be completed? Um, AJ, I, I guess the thing that strikes me is in this chapter, which is just about destruction, destruction, uh, devoted to destruction again and again, why do we have this miracle? And I suppose it's for two reasons. One, to remind us this is not a story about how the Israelites were a mighty army and they went around conquering all these people. It is a reminder, this is a story about God doing what God wants to do, and they're just his instruments, even as you pointed out, the Babylonians and the Assyrians. I mean, he's using everybody, Uh, and, and that's the point. This is the Lord who's in control, and the Lord who's in control because he wants to deliver his people. You think God will stop time if that's what would be necessary to save you. And, you know, that's what he literally says. He says he would delay the end. Uh, wouldn't he? If there were people that would repent, he, he would delay the end. And yet on the other hand, he would speed the end up if he needed to do so for his elect. I always love those passages about the end of the world that, that say, yeah, we don't know the exact time because God might bring it early if he needs to for his elect so they wouldn't fail and fall away. But he would also extend it a little bit so the gospel could be preached to the ends of the earth. And I think that's that's the key point here. God's in absolute control and he's doing it for the salvation of his people. So if you need an extra day to kill off these enemies, I'll stop the sun so you can get it done.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah, want no. To I, mean, to, I mean, cer- yeah. well, certainly, certainly, you know, like we were just saying, this is the God who's actually in control of nature because yeah. he made nature. Right. Right. So, I mean, can, can God do, I mean, anything like, including like stopping the sun, whatever exactly that means. Like, well, sure he could. Yeah. right? Um, the the thing that this and this is something that was uh it was it was actually in a book that i was i was reading here like a guy by the last name of uh polythress and um it was a very very interesting read and he, this is just one of the things that he was talking about um among some other topics but we we kind of take time as an absolute for granted right like yes. it, it's sort of like in the modern day we i mean we we all have watches and well, or cell phones right and so now it's not not even do we take time for granted. We take perfectly synchronized time for granted, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you know, my, my students might get a little bit, you know, peeved if I start class at 729 and 30 seconds, right? Yeah. Because, you know, all of their watches perfectly say clearly it's I, not 730 I, I, yet. I don't think they'd right?
1: get peeved if you started, but if you left it longer, well. <laughs> they would get peeved.
0: <laughs> well... Let's let's just say there's a, there's a whole lot of them who come in like at the very last <laughs> second, literally, too, probably too, because okay, I gotcha. probably because we all do have these cell phones that have yeah. the exact time on them, right? And so they know how much time they have to still go and get their uh their morning, you know, muffins and and stuff like that, but. <laughs> But yeah, so we, we we take it for granted, right? And we and we think of time as invariable, in and we have like atomic clocks and stuff like that. But but this is and, and so and so we think of that as literal time, and we think of like stuff like the the sun going up and going down. We think of that as a metaphor, right? Because yes. we we cause we we look at it and we say like, well, because cause truly the sun's not actually going up and down. What that really is is it's the it's the Earth, you know, rotating. On its axis, right? And so we we even we, we look at this here and we're like, that doesn't even make sense to say that the sun stopped or the moon stopped because re- literally what would have to happen is that the earth would have to stop in order for the sun and the moon to stop apparently moving in the sky, right? And so anyways, the, the point being, we have this particular idea of what uh, the metaphor, what the figurative stuff is and what the literal stuff is. But that's kind of just our perspective, Because if you were to go back into the time of Joshua, you know, uh, I don't know if they would have thought of it like that, like that the sun is kind of only metaphorically going up and down and that the thing on your wristwatch and the thing in your pocket that you're so obsessed with, that is like the absolute arbiter of time. I think Joshua would have raised his eyebrow and said, I don't know if you have it quite straight. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not buying it. Um, So, so that's just the thing. So when you see here, you know, that like this, the sun stood still, the moon stopped. I mean, it's like, you got to keep that in perspective. Um, does, Does it mean that like there was a day that was like, you know, 40 hours long or something like that as we measure it on our watches and cell phones? Well, that, that's what you might suspect from a 2019 kind of perspective, but that might not be what God's actually saying from, you know, like a, you know, 1400 BC perspective, and uh, at least one suggestion which I read, which is very interesting. Um, it, it goes back to Genesis, right? Um, how was God measuring those first, you know, um, six seven days of creation, right? Yep, yep. Um, was Was he measuring it in, uh, you know, the the sun rising and setting? Well, clearly not. The sun didn't exist till till day four, right? So how how was he measuring it? Was he measuring it with his cell phone? Oh come on! You think that God needs? Yeah, I know. Of course, of course. With his eye, with his, with his Pixel Four. No, no, no. He's an an Apple. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! What have I started? Yeah. So you think he's measuring it with that? Well, well, no. So what? So what's he measuring it in? Well, the answer is actually there in Genesis. He's measuring it with his own work. Yes. He works during the day. He rests in the evening, and then he gets to the end of the week, and he rests on the Sabbath. I mean that that was in many ways like that was how you measured a day in the ancient world it was like the length of time that like you work and then when you can't work anymore and you're tired you stop and that's the end of the day you know it's it's a very an intuitive sense so could it could it mean in this case for example that the it, the armies of Israel they kept fighting and fighting and for them they they didn't get tired it, it the, their strength was just sustained uh, that they, they kept working like it was still like yeah like what What are you you talking about? It's like only must be only midday where we still have lots of energy behind us. We still have lots of wind in our sails. So could it be a miracle? Not necessarily of, you know, from our perspective of like the sun stopping, but of um, Israel being given strength from God um, that they kept fighting like the day is early. Right. You know, we're ready for another rest of the day here. Right anyways just just a thought a suggestion uh, it was one that I thought was very provocative because sometimes I do forget that we have our own perspective here in 2019 and sometimes we think that we're the center of the universe and we have figured out everything and that you know our iPhones are, are absolute but maybe maybe we should be a little bit humble and maybe there's other perspectives here I, I want to let you give your give your thoughts on this but we have to go into a break here okay. but when we get back right. when we get back um, if you can yeah, yeah, if you can kind of give me some of your reflections on this, and then we'll keep moving on. So, everybody, hang with us. We're looking at Joshua chapter 10 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. <laughs> On this Tuesday, January 28, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsor, Chris Hogan of Spring, Texas, as he gives thanks to the Lord for the blessing of family. Chris made a gift to KFUO Radio in honor of the Lord's cancer-free
1: blessing on his son, Matthew Hogan. Thank you, Chris Hogan,
0: for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsor.
1: Worldwide KFUO at KFUO.org. Listen anywhere in the world on your computer and laptops. KFUO, the messenger of good news.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Joshua chapter 10 here. We just read this really interesting scene here, this battle between Joshua and the Israelites on the one hand, and then these um these amorites here right and and we we saw that there's a lot of stuff going on god is fighting for his people he's sending these hailstones um against the enemies of god's people and you have this you know this this line here this poetic verse the sun stood still the moon stopped and we were kind of puzzling over what that might mean here and i was just about to ask our guest here today uh, pastor John Lukumski, to way, and he's pastor in Southern Illinois, and the host of Wrestling with the Basics on KFUO Saturdays at nine o'clock Central. So, yeah. So, what, what do you what do you make of all of that? The idea that um, well, okay. this polythrust guy. Well, well,
1: yeah. well, two things. First of all, uh, this whole thing of time. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I love it. I, I, I can't remember the name of the book. I'll, I'll look it up and, and let you know. It was about time. And the fact of the matter is, your phones are not correct. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> see, see, no, that's the thing. We think we have mastered time, we, we have the minutes, yeah. the hours, even to the milliseconds, but the fact of the matter all that stuff is inaccurate uh, you don't notice it because it's being done in some computer at whatever the chief time placing is, they're making corrections and it gets sent to your phone and you don't, you don't even notice, yeah, but yeah. We, we know this all along, our calendars don't work so we've got a leap year this year, we got to throw in an extra day, because the calendars aren't working, what we don't understand is the leap year it doesn't really solve it, and so every, what, 100 years we have to readjust that and take out leap your yeah, way, should be yeah. so, so, so that's what I'm glad you brought up time because the fact of the matter is don't kid yourself. We are not even counting what's going on here. We yeah. just can't keep track of it. It's beyond. And I'm thinking it should be able to. It's supposed to be regular, but it doesn't cooperate yeah. with our time setting. Uh, now, yeah. as far as whether this was a poetic thing and it just meant, like you said, that they were just able to work without failing strength. I don't know. I, I, I like the fact it says that the sun, he prayed for the sun to stand still in the moon which would mean that in on, on a galactic level everything ceased just so god could accomplish his purpose of bringing salvation but for me aj that's the point you, you can take it either way you want poetic or not but but you got to get the point god is so determined that those people will be delivered on that day if he wanted to he could literally stop the son so that would be accomplished and we think that's pretty impressive but I'm telling you you know what's more impressive that he is so determined that people would be saved he would allow his own son to die which is a pretty incredible thing for God to die but I'm just telling you he would he'd do whatever he needs to he is the Lord of all creation he can do whatever he wants to and he is that's his intention he's going to do whatever he needs to be that, that you and I would be saved
0: Yeah, that's, that's right it's whatever, whatever his people need he is more than able to to make that happen and And, and uh, usually
1: he doesn't do that because he he no he doesn't need we just need to trust in him but i i honestly think this very striking thing shows up in this text because otherwise this text is just a horrible text as we'll see when we read the next verses people are just getting killed right and left and you're wondering what in the world is going on here uh but okay we just need to know nothing This is God in control This is not some crazed Israelite leader Leading people into a binge of destruction Like we see going on in our world all the time We got lots of crazy Joshua's out there Killing people right and left And we need to understand No, that's not what this story is about That's about evil and wickedness And the devil and death But this is actually about a God Who would deliver his people from crazy people And death and sin and and the devil and all that
0: Amen, amen. Well, yeah, it's um. I, I think I think you're you're right to to bring our focus onto um God's providence and and all of it, and uh, you know whether it's you know however however you do take it, I'm not I'm not even sure which would be the bigger miracle, honestly, because yeah. I know that um you know I, I, there's that there's that illustration that Einstein always gave, right? That like you know um the difference of <laughs> uh be, beholding a beautiful woman, the passage of time versus like uh <laughs> your 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 hand being on a hot stove, right? You know, how time just, <laughs> it's, it's very different in those the situations, right? Like, uh, add, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, just, uh, you know, we all have our moments where we're going through drudgery and time just seems to go really slow or we're doing something we really love and uh, time seems going fast. And it's just, uh, you know, I mean, for, for God to change that is even, yeah. um seems like it would actually be pretty amazing too. But either either way, it's, it's God doing what um his people needed because he's over all, all, all things and, and over all hearts and minds as well. So let's go ahead and read this next section here. I'm going to try to read through verse 28 uh just so we can stay on time here. Um it does fit together well as a as a as a whole unit, as a whole story here. Um so you know these five Amorite kings remember they all banded together to take advantage of the situation um, to, you know, attack on Gibeon here because, you know, they, they, they looked at Gibeon like, uh, Gibeon was like a traitor or something like that. But um, God gave Joshua victory. And so what happens? It's verse 16. These five kings fled and hid themselves in the cave at Macada, And it was told to Joshua, the five kings that had been found hidden in the cave at Machedah. And Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and set men by it to guard them, but do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies, attack their rear guard. Do not let them enter their cities, for the Lord your God has given them into your hand. When Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished striking them with a great blow until they were wiped out, and when the remnant that remained of them had entered into the fortified cities, then all the people returned safe to Joshua in the camp at machidah Not a man moved his tongue against any of the people of Israel. Then Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me from the cave. And they did so. And brought those five kings out to him from the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. And when they brought those kings out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, Come near. Put your feet on the necks of these kings. Then they came near and put their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And afterward, Joshua struck them and put them to death, and he hanged them on five trees. And they hung on the trees until evening. But at the time of the going down of the sun, Joshua commanded and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had hidden themselves. And they set large stones against the mouth of the cave, which remained to this very day. As for Macada, Joshua captured it on that day and struck it and its king with the edge of the sword. He devoted to destruction every person in it. He left none remaining. And he did to the king of Macada just as he had done to the king of Jericho."
1: I I don't want to allegorize this, okay? I but but affirm. you can't
0: help but do that as you read this, right? I mean, yeah. like you can't, as a Christian on this side of Easter, look back and be like, "Hang on a second, that's that that those are uh, that's a striking number of parallels."
1: <laughs> yes. So, because, so you, you take the enemies. And, and see, here's our problem because we want to turn our enemies into just whatever worldly problems we're having right now. And right. I would tell you that that's not really, it's what the Jews did, right? They thought their problem was the Romans. That's our problem. You get rid of the Romans, right. we're going to be a happy bunch of campers. And of course, that's why they crucified Jesus, because you didn't do what we wanted. We wanted you to be the earthly Messiah and not the guy that right. comes in on a donkey and dies. Um, right. So, so, but yeah, so there you got God takes each. He takes what? He takes sin. He takes death. He takes the devil. And he says, you can put your foot on their necks We're going to kill them, we're going to destroy them These are not going to prevail on you, that's why he says Be strong and courageous, there's that phrase Again that we've yep, heard there it before is. Yeah, Have faith, just trust me Because and, and, I'm going to deliver them to you that, That's the whole point, right, not that you're Going to do this, I think I've already shown you I'm the one that brings down the walls of Jericho I'm the one that sends the hailstorm. I'm the one that stops the sun moving uh, uh, No, no, but, but with me All of these things will be devoted To destruction, there again, that's Ha- harem, harem, or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So that that's the point for us. This is God defeating our enemies. Um, but but it, it gets a little more personal to that. But I, I'd like to save that until we do the next section. Um,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. well, one of the things, and I don't I don't know if this is what you were thinking of, but I mean, what's striking to me is how okay, this is this is a picture of what God does. To the enemies of his people, yes, exactly. Right? I exactly. mean, and, and that's yeah. what Joshua says, right? Yeah. I mean, thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And so, thank and you. So it's what, right
1: we'll, there in the text, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah that, he says don't it. Right? We have this to is, allegorize it. There's the point.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so, so he says, "This is what God does to your enemies, yeah. right?" And so, what's he do? He strikes them. They put them on trees. They they're on the trees till the evening. And then when evening comes, they throw them into these caves, they seal them up, and it's done,
1: Yeah, right?
0: Like the, the, like the stones are there to this very day. Interesting thing, right? Of course, like whoever wrote this was writing from the perspective of obviously some time had passed, and they, the point they were making was like it was until that day. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a conversation for another, you know, another time. <laughs> I think we've talked about that a little bit, yeah. Some, yeah. some here and there. But interesting, right? Okay, so the pattern is this is what God does to his enemies, right? Strikes them uh puts him, puts them on a tree um takes them down throws them into a cave there they stay. Yep. Well isn't that interesting that there was one who became an enemy of God for our sake. Yeah. And, and what was he done? He was he was stricken, smitten and afflicted. He was hung on a tree um before the sun would go we, down we, they took his body down. I,
1: Isaiah, we considered him stricken and afflicted yep. by God.
0: Yes. Yes. And then, and then they, and then they threw him in a cave yeah. and they put a big stone against the mouth of the cave, right? Yeah. So that it would remain. So, I mean, isn't, isn't that something like, so, so Jesus Christ becomes, I mean, this, and this is the paradox, right? Cause he's Joshua, but can you imagine if Joshua had said, Hey guys, see these five Kings, you let them live instead, execute me. Yeah. Right. Instead, why don't you put me over there on that tree and then throw me into this cave? I mean like it would have been totally unthinkable for Joshua to do this but but there's you know the true Joshua Jesus Christ who who actually does this in the stead of God's enemies of us ultimately so that we could be reconciled to God and then of course the the big difference is that for Jesus Christ the large stone did not stay at the mouth of the cave yes but God himself actually the same God who controls nature right Moved this stone away, and, and and then not only that, but undid death. I mean, so more impressive than than making a day stand still. He makes he makes time go backwards. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. He actually goes. I mean, I mean, you can kind of put it that way, or you can say he he makes time goes forward because it goes all the way forward to the day of the resurrection, that future day where there is no more death anymore, and and that's what happens to Jesus. So I mean, like. It's it's fascinating how the, there's the similarities and the differences, um, but it, it just it's very poignant the way it shows um, just how God God's love is so deep that He would make Himself like an enemy of God's people in order to save them.
1: So, so, so here here's the point: we've got Joshua, we've got Jesus, as as we've said over and over, it's the same same name, same word. The Lord saves. Okay, and and we've got Joshua coming in, and Joshua now is the assistant of Moses. That's how we started this out back in chapter yeah. one. I don't know if you can remember that far back or not, AJ. <laughs> but but right. you know, so so in the way of the law, this is how the law deals with things. The law brings death. That's what the law does. But now we've got this new Joshua, and and you're right. He doesn't do things the way of the law. The way of the law says. We should die. The wage of sin is death. But he says, no, no, I'll be the one. I'll be the sinner. You hang me on the tree. Isn't it beautiful? You're right, A.J. This is just remarkable. Everything you said is just so striking. But that's what you've got to understand. This is why we run to Jesus. Not why, but this is why we don't run to Joshua. This is why we run to Jesus. We don't run to Moses. We run to the one Moses promised, right? The one Moses said was coming. Right. Um, because Jesus comes. Because and, 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 here's the problem when you start talking about the enemies of God. <laughs> <laughs> right, is, right, yeah, what does a possible I'll say, I am the mm-hmm. worst of sinners, and he means that because he was. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's a right. tough thing for us to understand, and this is where you really have to have the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin, because you cannot come by their, by your reason by this, but it comes again by meditating on the word. We are the enemies of God. That's what the Bible says. We are the enemies, and I guess this is what should happen to us. But no, no, like you said, Jesus Jesus intervenes. Jesus becomes sin. He becomes the enemy. You're right. What a powerful image. Thank you, AJ. Just a beautiful, well, beautiful picture.
0: Well, and it, and it's something that we get I think because of the way that uh, the, the Hebrew language works. I yes. mean, because it is interesting because I mean, if you if you kind of look at it literally here, I mean, the the the, the parallel kind of breaks down a little bit because I mean, what happens like well, probably without uh, being too graphic they're, they're probably decapitated and impaled
1: yes um is yeah.
0: it's probably actually what the meaning is right but because of the way that hebrew works you can describe this as he struck them and then hanged them on trees right i mean cuz that in the hebrew idiom you can you can just put it that way yeah um but because you can put it that way you can also put what happened to jesus the same way exactly. right i mean so is is All isn't that, that just would fit him yeah yeah, yeah. So isn't it just interesting that I mean, it's just I don't, I don't know. Not only did God give us this account, right, but He saw fit to have this written in the Hebrew language, where it would be easier for us to see the parallel, right? Because if He had written this all in English, it might not have happened the same way.
1: But you know, the cool thing is, is that phrase you pointed out. I, I'm sorry, just I, which remained to this very day. The large yeah. stone said against the Cave. Yeah, isn't that cool? So no, that the stone that was rolled over Jesus, it's not there. <laughs> no, that right. isn't there anymore. Not to this day.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no one's no one's found Jesus's dead body nope. somewhere. Nope. Like nope. To, this nope. to this very that, that's, day. To this very day. yeah, yeah, very good. All right, well, let's go ahead, and I'm going to try to read. I think I think we can go ahead and just read the rest of the chapter. I, I would. Now,
1: I, there's nothing particular other than one key thing. So yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay, if you want to jump in for the one key thing, well, that's, it'll be that's at fine. the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's go ahead then. Yeah, we're yeah, we're we're on, we're on pace here. So. Okay. Rest of the this is the conquest of southern Canaan is the the ESV's helpful little title here and kind of in the next section here, first twenty nine. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Makedah to Libnah and fought against Libnah, And the Lord gave it also and its king into the hand of Israel. And he struck it with the edge of the sword and every person in it. He left none remaining in it. And he did to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Libnah to Lachish and laid siege to it and fought against it. And the Lord gave Lachish into the hand of Israel and he captured it on the second day and struck it with the edge of the sword and every person in it as he had done to Libnah. Then Horam, king of Gezer, came up to help Lachish and Joshua struck him and his people until he left none remaining. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Lachish to Eglon and they laid siege to it and fought against it. And they captured it on that day and struck it with the edge of the sword. And he devoted every person in it to destruction that day, as he done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to, um, to Hebron, and they fought against it and captured it and struck it with the edge of the sword and its kings and its king and its towns, and every person in it. He left none remaining as he' done to Eglon, and devoted it to destruction and every person in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him turned back to Debir and fought against it. And he captured it with its king and all its towns. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and devoted to destruction every person in it. He left none remaining. Just as he had done to Hebron and to Libnon, its king, so he did to Debir and to its king. So Joshua struck the whole land, the hill country and the Negeb and the lowland and the slopes and all their kings, He left none remaining, but devoted to destruction all that breathed, just as the Lord God of Israel commanded. And Joshua struck them from Kadesh Barnea as far as Gaza, and all the country of Goshen as far as Gibeon. And Joshua captured all these kings and their land at one time, because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, to the camp at Gilgal
1: and so my 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 father-in-law Jerry reads this and and the phrase that echoes over and over again um and 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 there he left none remaining he left none remaining he left none remaining and 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 my father-in-law says John how can that be how could god go in and kill every man every woman every child just to kill them all how can that be and you know i said to him Jerry that's a tough one that's a tough one But you gotta realize it's what he's doing now Hasn't changed Has it AJ? Yeah He's killing every one of them There's nobody There's nobody in this world I don't care Old, young, whatever they're all going to be devoted to destruction. They're all going to be harim. It's going to happen. And and as a pastor, and I'm sure you've seen it too. It doesn't matter. I have a lot of old people that die. Yeah, old people die. But I've had a lot of young people, kids. It just happens. God is still devoting us to destruction. Uh, but but don't you see that? That's why there there has to be a Jesus. Because if you don't have a Jesus, I'm sorry. I don't know how you believe in God or if you believe in God, he has to be a God of un, unmeasurable wrath and anger to just being death all around. And, and, and But of course, in Jesus, we, we, we learn the truth. Oh, no, no, this is not the end of the story. Uh, in fact, that's why I like the word harem, uh, this devotion, because no, for those of us, no, we are devoted to the Lord. Uh, the Lord is going to kill me. And, and that's frankly fine because I'm just a mean, nasty guy sometimes. I have thoughts and I do things that I just cannot believe has come out of my flesh but it does it does uh, I, I'm not looking to die right now if you're listening Lord <laughs> but that's okay when that comes that's okay because I know I'm going to be devoted to you and I know in Jesus Christ just like you said earlier that stone is not going to remain on my grave either uh, and I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to have eternal life uh, in fellowship with Jesus and with all those that I love but but to me when I read this chapter it just says there's got to be something better than Joshua and there is there there is the one who saves by the name of Jesus Christ, because uh, this is what happens. This is what happens now. This is not an unusual thing. This is what is happening, even as you and I speak. And of course, God offering forgiveness and salvation and eternal life to all of those people. So,
0: yeah, I like the way you. I like the way you put it there. There's got to be something better than Joshua, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, as good as this is, because this is God. You know, we we know the reason. You yeah. know, th- these are people that if they left any survivors. They would grow up and they would have their revenge. That was the way that this worked for generations. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a culture with a long memory. And if you remember that your 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 father, your 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 people were were destroyed by some foreign power, right? You were going to grow up and then you know pass the cup of wrath back onto them. Like that's the way this worked plus, all the time.
1: Plus, you're going to end up. Intermarrying with them, and you're going to end up yes. leaving your God. and You're going to end up worshiping their false idols,
0: and then the know. things that you're going to do once yeah. you're worshiping those idols, once you're once you're worshiping things. demons. Yeah. You, you think exactly. this is bloodthirsty exactly. yeah. right yeah. like just watch what the demons make you do once you're worshipping yeah. them yeah. so i mean right absolutely so so we know the reasons why right but it's it's still i mean still you you just you know in in your in your gut like there's got to be something better right there's got to be something better than joshua and isn't it something right like as we were just showing how um you know how it is so different how it was jesus the true joshua who becomes the enemy of god who goes onto the tree who gets thrown into the cave and has the stone rolled there, right? And then what he he unlike what happens um, to these bad kings, like as the true king comes out from the cave, is is given new life, right? Like you know there there's God doing something with time that has never been seen before. There, there's never been yes. a day till that time or never will there be a day quite like that the day of easter right so i mean like just so many of these things like just strands coming to fulfillment and then right what is what does he do does he go running around the promised land finding all the different groups that have opposed (laughs) him rounding up like all of their people and their leaders and killing them no he does the opposite he sends his disciples to go out to all the nations and does he say like go and lay siege to them and you know god will let you prevail right and, and says, it, no and then
1: in fact go to the very people that killed me first yeah tell yeah, them right. that they are forgiven
0: <laughs> right no exactly yeah. i mean it, it's like it's 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 the it's the fulfillment of joshua because i mean in so many ways it's like the opposite of joshua like go, go around and give life to all the different yes. nations yeah right go go and, and give them the let them be part of god's people D- you know, devote them to to the new life, the new way, the the truth in the life. You know, I mean, it's just it the, the the true Joshua. I mean, is is exceedingly better, and it's um this chapter. I mean, this is unfortunately it's a little bit like Isaiah, uh, the first part of Isaiah. Yeah. Anyway, how yeah. like none of it's in the lectionary. Joshua, there's like one chapter yeah. that's in yeah. the lectionary, right? But I mean, the thing is, this is this you can see like how this this points ahead and anticipates our Lord Jesus in some powerful ways here in Joshua 10, Um, just because of both how Jesus our Lord is similar to Joshua, but more importantly, perhaps, how he's different.
1: AJ, you know what you need to do when you get done with your doctorate and you got a little spare time? Uh, <laughs> no, it's seriously, having done the whole Bible now, uh, you should you should work up an alternative lectionary.
0: Just, uh, just these really key <laughs> Christian,
1: especially the Old Testament, because the Old Testament's kind of flexible anyway, these beautiful Christ-centered texts that we never get to talk about, because you're right, this is a beautiful story about the one who was struck, hung on a tree, thrown in a tomb only his stone did not stay until this day right. yeah it's just a great yeah. great fantastic thing oh,
0: well man. i i I'm, I'm flattered but you really don't want my lectionary because my <laughs> lectionary is just the whole bible so oh, well. <laughs> it's just because it's this this is this is stuff that's actually there like on on every page right yes, like when, when, when you're true. there and you're, and you're looking that's at true. it right and so i'm yeah. just i'm just happy that we get to do this with with thy strong word, but um, only like a, a minute, a minute okay. left here. Anyway, um, any any kind of concluding thoughts, um, parting thoughts here as but we wrap I, I, up. I think
1: I think I think we've said it, and it is. It's just again, please, people understand. This is God that you see describing this text. He does everyone's devoted to destruction. But see the beautiful thing in Jesus, you realize no, it's not. It's just devotion. It's not devoted to destruction. That's not the plan. You reject it. Yeah, what else is God going to do? God will not force any. Anyone, uh, you know no he cannot force it that's not how love works but trust me what he really wants to do is to devote us as to a- eternal life and i do like the fact the word destruction actually isn't there in the hebrew uh yeah. it is what happened because these people and and I, I just just emphasize that these people were all offered shalom that's what they were offered and right. they stubbornly refused it okay so even in this context this is not what god wanted to do any of these kingdoms uh, in fact he said what he wanted to do he wants to make them his and he right. wants to make you and me to be his and, and we are that's through right. jesus christ so that's that's, that's it right. great text god, oh, a wonderful god, text yeah
0: yes god who god only destroys so that he can bring peace he only kills yep. so that he can make alive. life yep. ah, that's the
1: verse yes amen amen
0: well all right brother uh very good thank you so much it was uh, I, I really like this chapter like a re- really too. good one and um i hope I'm, i mean we might be able to do one more chapter of joshua together i think i think maybe one more still yet so looking forward to it blessings everybody pastor john lukumski pastor in southern illinois also the host of wrestling with the basics on kfuo nine o'clock central on saturdays thanks for joining us we thank our underwriters at the lutheran heritage foundation check them out at lhfmissions.org. Until next time, everybody, I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. Peace.
1: You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission, in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting by Strong Word.